0: Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tahila Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brain in Florida, hear your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tahila Community Podcast. This is Ryan Cabrera in studio here with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Shalom, everyone. Oh, oh man. I'll tell you what. So, like this year, Uh, is a cool year because if you guys go back, we've done, what is it, like 59 episodes of Torah portions over the past year, and if you want to go through and you just want a very fundamental basic look at the Torah portion, you can go back and listen. Uh, I think it's episode two where we go over Noah, and we go basically from the start all the way to the finish of the Torah portion, and so that way you can kind of get a foundation of Noah, and then today we're just going to hit bullet points, kind of dive deeper into a, a, a few points and stuff like that on the Torah portion Noah. Couple housekeeping items. Uh, would love to hear from you guys. If I can get you guys to uh, rate the podcast, whether you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud, give it the little heart, rate it, put comments, uh, share it on your social media on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, whatever your your uh, you know particular uh, choice is on social media. We'd love to do that. <coughs> and then uh, finally. Man, we look at the the statistics on the podcast and we see that there's people listening from all over the United States, from all over the world, Australia, South Africa, Japan. Uh, if you guys are listening to this podcast, send me an email. I want to know who you are, where you're from, uh, so that we can just get a, a, a relationship going with you guys to so know who's listening. Uh, my email uh, is ryan at twopraise.net, ryan, R-Y-A-N, at twopraise.net. So we would love to hear from you guys. Uh, just... Figure out, you know, if we can, you know, support you guys in any way, pray for you guys in any way, um, and then any, you know, questions you guys might have, we'd love to answer them uh, right here on the podcast. So, without further ado, we are going into Noach, which means uh, rest, but this is obviously the story of the character Noach. Uh, it is in Genesis chapter six, verse nine through chapter eleven and verse
1: thirty. All right, so here we go. We're going to just bring out some really good points here. That's what we really want to do. Once again, the last. Uh, year's podcast. We'll give you, of course, the Torah questionnaire, the the questions and the answers. And so uh, we're going to hit the main uh, topics of the uh, Torah portion. Of course, now we're looking at Noah and his family in a boat. So let's let's begin with Genesis 6, 8. Uh, It says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And of course, uh, the word grace in Hebrew is the word chen, C-H-E-N, chen. Check this out. So Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, it means graciousness, um, or objective, uh, beauty, favor, pleasant, precious, well-favored. How about that, huh? And uh, we know that um, we have God's grace in His Son, Yeshua, and uh, the acronym is, of course, Godly Riches at Christ's Expense. Amen. Uh, grace actually is is not a, a, a you know a legal right to sin, grace allows you not to sin. Amen. Uh, He gives us grace in in time of need. So uh, once again, you know, Noah was a very interesting man. Um, He actually had three qualities. He was a just man or a Zadik. And of course, he was lawful and a righteous man. He was a Zadik, a just man. Number two, uh, he was perfect in his generations. Of course, you can find this in Genesis 6, 9. I'm just cutting back a little bit. Uh, he was perfect in his generations. It means entire or to have integrity, uh, truth without blemish, complete, full, perfect, sincerely, sound, without spot, undefiled, upright, and whole. So he was perfect in his generations. Uh, we know that nobody's perfect, but as far as this word goes, tamayim, uh, it means that. So it's, it's dealing with integrity. And of course, we have this uh, number three, he walked with God. Isn't that the coolest thing? You can make your way to God, because, you know, my favorite book is the book of Leviticus. Yes, chapters 1 through 17 is the way to God, and that's great, but chapters 18 and 27. I'm sorry, 27, I think
0: I missed it. Did you say your favorite book is the book
1: of Leviticus? Leviticus. Oh. I'm just... Tying this in, he walked with God. Yeah. I so getcha. that ties in with chapters eighteen to twenty seven. Doesn't in the everything tie in with the book of Leviticus? I can make it happen. Yeah.
0: It's like yeah. my big fat Greek wedding. But hey, Noah's
1: got three sons in Genesis six ten. He's got Shem, Ham,
0: and Japheth. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before we get to, to his three sons. So uh Azadik, I I thought this was interesting because uh, in English we usually hear it as Zedek, right? So the Azadik is put in a name a lot of times. And so you can see like Melchizedek is king, Melik, Zedek righteousness, so he's the king of righteousness, Um, but it's important that you understand that in Hebrew, this idea of of a righteous man being, uh, you know, walking in righteousness before God is a goal for all of us, right? To be just, have integrity. Right, and to have integrity. Well, if you just had integrity in the times in which we
1: live, you can make yourself, you know, a much better person. You can go far. Well, yeah, absolutely. So let's check out uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth are the three sons. Uh, Shem's name means the name. Uh, this is where you get Hashem, instead of saying God or Lord among the Jewish people, uh, they'll say Hashem, which means the name. So there's Shem name. Uh name. Ham means hot or warm. So his name means hot or warm. And last but not least, Japheth means expansion. Japheth means expansion. So there's the, uh, the three sons of Noah. And uh, of course, there were two things that were happening on the earth uh, that I want to just include here to let you know how bad it was. Uh, Two things were happening on the face of the earth to bring on God's judgment. Two things. Number one, the earth was corrupt. That Hebrew word is shachath. It's number 7843 in the Strong's Concordance. It means to decay, cause ruin, cast off, to lose, mar, perish, spill, spoiler, or waste. So the earth was corrupt. Uh, Number two, uh, the earth was filled with violence. Wow, that sounds like cable TV today. The earth was filled with violence. Uh, It's number 2555 of the Strongest Concordance. It's it's the Hebrew word chamach. Uh, It's by implying wrong, unjust gain, cruelty, damage, uh, faults, injustice, oppressor, unrighteous, violence or violence against or violence done, Uh, violent, violent dealing and wrong. So wow, Uh, this is what brought on God's judgment. The earth was corrupt. The earth was filled with violence. Boy, we can really relate to that, Ryan. So relevant, you know, Amen, as we yeah. begin to look at uh, the size of the ark. Once again, it's going to go by cubits. Uh, the length was 30 cubits. Uh, the breadth was 50 cubits. And the height of the ark was 30 cubits. So there you have it. Um, I, I, let me make sure I got that right here. Um, where's the size of the ark at? I believe it is. No, yeah, it was... Uh... 615?
0: No, 625,
1: 625 feet long. Okay, hold on. I'm sorry, 300 cubits. There we go. So the uh, length was 300 cubits, (laughs) the breadth was 50, and the height was 30. It got 230 cubits on there. That's wrong. The length was 300 cubits. Let me write that down. My little notes here. 300 cubits. So once again, if you want to know what a cubit is, it's it's actually your... um, Middle finger all the way down to your elbow. If you, if you put it up, that's actually considered uh, a cubit from your finger down to your elbow. It's a straight shot. Some cubits would be bigger than others. Uh, so that's, that's very interesting. Uh, 300 cubits for the length, uh, 50 cubits for the breadth, and the height was 30 cubits. And, of course, this ark was three stories tall. It was three stories. Um, very interesting, you know. Uh, and we know we have three compartments in the tabernacle, in the temple. Uh, three is divine. It's of the Lord. So as we begin to even look at this story and how it's unfolding, uh, we have to look, at, of course, uh, at the covenants. Uh, there are three universal covenants that affect all mankind. Three universal covenants that affect all mankind. Uh, number one, the covenant made with Eden. Uh, number two, the covenant made with Adam or the Adamic covenant and the Noahic covenant. The covenant made with Noah, with God. And, of course, we know these three covenants affect everyone. Okay? Okay. So, and this then, is not
0: course. just a choice to follow it. Like, whether you like it or not, and you're right. a woman, you're going to have pain in childbirth. Absolutely. Right? If you're a man, you're going to have to toil this the ground. Is it. you it's know, not just mean, grow the, the, for It's you. universal. I mean, right.
1: it, it affects everyone. And so, uh, you know, so what, what Noah did is, and we're not going to get into all the details of this, but he actually put in both clean and unclean animals on the ark. So, there were clean and unclean animals before the Torah. Uh, there was a distinction there, a contrast between a clean animal and an unclean animal, and both, of course, uh, both of them were on the ark. I think animal. the big
0: question in Torah study last night was how, how, if they're not eating meat at this point, right? If they, they're on a plant-based diet because God hasn't allowed them to eat meat right. until after the flood, or or mentioned it, whatever. Um, then, you know, how do they tell what's clean and unclean, and why are they clean, and why is there a distinction made if they're not even eating those animals?
1: Well, it's interesting, it's in the narration, you know, that what's clean and unclean, so that's kind of a perspective as well.
0: Well, yeah, I think Mike Caramo was making the point that these animals were offered up on the altar at that point to God, and so there was clean and unclean animals. That's true. They knew um, what it was. Right.
1: You know, it goes back to the oral Torah, maybe, or something.
0: Well, and that God know? told them. This, it, obviously, here, here's the deal, right? So God is saying, hey, of all the clean animals, you're going to put seven on the ark of each kind, male and female. Right. And of the unclean, you're going to put two. Well, obviously, God told him which ones were the clean ones and which ones were the unclean right. ones. Uh, you're going to have case. more
1: clean than you are unclean. So Noah was, a, well, he, actually, Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. Imagine that. He was 600 years old. He's probably thinking,
0: old. like, man, I'm too old for this stuff. 600
1: years old. That's amazing. (laughs) It is amazing. Um, And of course, you know, they get on the ark, his family and everything. And then, of course, seven days later, the floodwaters are going to come. So they all get on the boat. Seven days later, the floodwaters come. So I'm trying to help you with the perspective here what the scriptures say. What I really love is that God shut Noah and his family in the ark. If God shuts a door, no man can open it. If God opens the door, no man can close it. It's just like the Hebrews, the Christian faith movement. No man can shut this door.
0: And if this is if this boat is covered in pitch, <clears throat> then God had to seal the door with pitch. So right. like Cromwell, uh, Mike Cromwell was talking last night about how when they get out, right, they uncover it through the top. They don't actually go through the door, and that's probably because God sealed the door with pitch. Well, you know the thing about it is if
1: he shut it, you know, yeah, nobody that, can open it. No, no one's going to open that yeah. door. Uh, once again, there are eight uh, individuals on the ark. Of course, uh, Noah and. Uh, his wife and, and three sons and their wives. Uh, so eight people on the ark at eight is new beginnings and that's, what's going to happen. They're going to start to have a new beginning here. And so um, that's something to think about. And of course uh, uh, it, it rained for 40 days. It rained for 40 days. So once they were on the boat, which, seven days later, the floodwaters come 40 days. It starts raining,
0: which is a big deal, right? Because they'd never seen rain before. Right. Right, because there was a mist that, that watered the earth. It wasn't rain. And so it, this is the first time in, in history that it rains. And so they're like, it's raining, the water's coming, right? And obviously God opens up the fountains of the deep as well. But uh, for 40 days, it does something on the earth that had never happened before. Oh, it's before. coming down. Yeah.
1: So um, if, you, if you look at actually uh, Genesis 7.20, uh, 15 cubits upward did the waters prevail and the mountains were covered. So Mount Everest is the highest mountain. So if you think about it, uh, in Genesis chapter 7, verse 20, 15 cubits above that, which is estimated to be, let's see here, probably about 31 feet above the highest mountain. That's incredible. That's a deluge. That's a mikveh. Yeah. That means to be immersed. So it didn't just flood. I mean, he covered everything. 15 cubits above Mount Everest, the highest mountain.
0: Yeah, no, that's incredible.
1: So, you know, think about it. And so here they are on the boat, just in, in, in looking back. They get on the boat. Seven days later, the rain comes. It rains for 40 days. And, of course, the uh, the water remained on the earth 150 days. So they're still on the boat yeah. for 40 days, plus those seven days. And now the the earth has, of course, water for 150 days. You can see it. Um And of course, uh, what's interesting is this, uh, you know, at what time and place did the Ark finally rest? Well, it says in the seventh month, on the 17th day, upon the mountains of Ararat. Now, this falls on the third day of Tabernacles. Interesting point was brought up yesterday at the Torah study. Uh, Does the beginning of the year begin at Passover or does it begin in? tishri one in the seventh month on the first
0: day so, so i guess the, the I, i'm
1: going with the course of the civil new year yeah but you can look at march or april and, and do something with that as which well which would so,
0: actually put this in the middle of, of passover rather than the middle of and the that's Rabinacles. true
1: you know if you go back and look at exodus mm-hmm. 23 i'm not going to get into it right now but originally uh it seems like the beginning of the year was in the seventh month on the first day uh you, you, like i said exodus Twenty-three talks about uh, when you bring in the harvest at the end of the year.
0: Well, and if we look at this chronologically, so if it's at the end of
1: the year in the summer, you're heading towards what a new year.
0: Well, and right, and in Exodus, God tells them that this shall be the beginning of months for you, meaning He's changing it from when it was the beginning of months at the what we're calling tishri, yeah,
1: tishri, tishri one to be the original to... new year, correct? And then He he went ahead and went with a, what a biblical
0: right. Or a, a religious a, calendar. Yeah,
1: a biblical uh, New Year, and that's just what we're seeing today. And right now, we're in the civil New Year of 5779 in the Hebrew calendar. So let's keep moving, because we have a lot to talk about, don't we? <laughs> Here's a good question. How long was Noah and his family on the ark? 370 days, it's estimated, and of course, the Hebrew calendar. Uh, some say 375, but 370 days uh, on the ark. Wow. I mean, that's over, over a, year. a year, yeah. that's Over a year, so what did uh I mean, Noah can you did?
0: imagine like I, you know <coughs> we go camping in the camper periodically, you know um, and I've got seven person families, so it's, it's me and my wife and uh, her mom and then you know our our three children plus our foster child, so it's four children. So that's a lot of people to, to put into a 31 foot camper. you know praise God, they had a lot, but they also had animals right and their family on oh, the yeah. ark for 370 days straight. Oh yeah! You that's, think they got a little stir crazy? That's, a,
1: that's taking a family trip to another level. <laughs> oh man! In Genesis eight twenty, uh, once again pointing this out, uh, Noah's going to build an altar and he's going to offer up uh, clean uh, sacrifices on it as burnt offerings. Uh, every clean fowl and every clean beast, he's going to he's going to create this altar and uh, make sacrifices. Uh, very interesting. You Does know. it
0: say what he built the altar out of?
1: I'm not really sure. I don't think so. I don't think so either. uh, What an altar does, Ryan, is it shows ownership. Right. When you put the altar up, it shows ownership that the earth belongs to the Lord, and you are making an offering upon the altar. Uh, Genesis 8.22, we we have the four seasons come into play now. Uh, Before God walked in the cool of the day, maybe like Florida in December. Yeah. Be something like that or something really nice no humidity and everything. Now, all of a sudden, uh, we have, of course, four seasons. It says here, uh, while the earth remaineth seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. So now we have a change in the weather patterns, which is very interesting. Uh, in Genesis 9-1, if you'd like to read that, Ryan, that, here's a really good verse. We're going to have verse readings as well as we're moving into this new tour, or tour cycle and podcast. So Genesis 9-1 and... Uh, That'll be good.
0: Yeah, all right. Let's read Genesis 9 1. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth.
1: Very interesting. Go and replenish the earth. Be fruitful and multiply.
0: Yeah. That's what he said. Well, and this is the command back from Genesis 128, right? So he's he's telling yeah, man, be go fruitful. Go and multiply. And don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right, right. So we did so well,
1: he gave us 613 commandments. Oh, of yeah. No, I think that's great. Yeah, not a good track record. Yeah. Here we go. Something else is happening here in Genesis 9, too. Uh All living creatures were going to fear man. You know, you go up to a squirrel, it runs. Stray cat, it runs, you know. Before, the animals would come up to you. They would come to you. We were one with nature and everything. Think about that. And, of course, the creation of man was the, uh, the pinnacle of creation, that's right. Maybe the pinnacle. the pinnacle, that's right. Yeah, and and so things are changing now after the flood. Things are changing, okay. You have the, the four seasons. You have uh, animals fearing man, and of course, here's the third thing, which is very interesting. Uh, meat was added to the diet. Which, no longer vegetarian.
0: Which I am uh, O positive, so I'm not the universal donor, but I am the universal recipient. They um, say the O blood types do love meat. And you know, it's funny. I grew up as a vegetarian. And, uh, you know, it took me a while to really uh, get a taste for meat, you know, as I grew up into adulthood. I never knew that about you. Really? Really? A yeah, vegetarian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents, uh, my, my dad was diabetic from a, a young age, type 22, in great shape. So he's type 1, like I guess the genetic type or whatever. And uh, my mom became a health kind of nut about stuff, and, and we were vegetarians. But uh, I discovered fried chicken from Popeye's, uh, probably around 16 or 17 years old, and I call it the gateway meat, because uh, fried chicken, once you go fried chicken, you just don't go back, you know?
1: Well, I, I, I think that's awesome. That's, that's What a great story, Ryan. That's, <laughs> very be, relevant to the talk. Wow, that's, uh, that's kind of mind-boggling. Wow, you know, you think you know somebody. <laughs> All right, Genesis 9.13, we're going to have a, uh, a sign of the covenant made with Noah. A sign of the covenant is the rainbow. Now, we know the rainbow sign uh, or symbol has been hijacked, but once again, uh, law first mention. Uh, the rainbow was, of course, the Lord's
0: uh, symbol. You know that's an interesting or, point because the enemy is going to try to hijack everything of God's. Amen. Um, just like you know, with with right before at the end of the last tour portion, they talk about um, you know God's uh, seed, the seed of man, right, the seed of the woman versus the seed of the serpent, the seed of Satan. And so you have everything that, that God does, there's a mirror that, that uh, the enemy is trying to do in order to hijack, twist, uh, pervert, change, whatever it is that God has called good. And so it's just like nowadays where we've changed the definition of marriage, we've changed the definition of love, we've changed the definition of everything ever so slightly so that we can pervert it in a way that will allow the days of Noah to return.
1: <clears throat> no, that's interesting. You know, it, it, it's just the point of, of what God is doing. And I do believe there are seven colors in a rainbow. And some of us have even seen a double rainbow. Now, that's, that's the cool thing. That's the, the Ephraim rainbow. That's, that's the Ephraim rainbow. Um, and, of course, you know, what happens? We have, of course, uh, Noah plants a vineyard, and he gets drunk. Okay, and here's the story as it unfolds in uh, Genesis 9.20.
0: Is that what you do after you plant a vineyard? Is that like the tradition? You know, I'm not really sure, but... Uh, I mean, if you know, work that hard... The thing is, he planted a vineyard, and then, of course, he... He reaped the fruit he, thereof. He did.
1: He, he, he got drunk, and uh, not going to go into any great detail, but there was an improper relationship there, improper act, uh, by his son, Ham, who uncovered the nakedness of his father. That's what it says in Genesis 9.22. He uncovered the nakedness of his father, Noah. Ham... And, uh, and of course, you know, he uh, was, you know, given a judgment against that. Uh, wasn't It wasn't good. So, uh, you know, we know that uh, if we go and look at Genesis 9...
0: Yeah, it's going to be 24 through 27. You want to read it? Yeah, go ahead and read that. So it says, so this is after uh, Noah has, you know, he's obviously passed out, and now he awakes um, and realizes what is happening. He says, And Noah awoke from his, his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. And he said... Cursed be Canaan, which is Ham's son, a servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant, and God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. So there we go. So, uh, Shem and Japheth, you know, covered their father,
1: and, uh, in respect, and, uh, and Ham was the instigator. So you know, just thinking about this particular prophecy, uh, it comes to mind. And we're going to tie it in with the half tour, I believe. Uh, it says here that in God shall enlarge Japheth. In verse twenty-seven of chapter nine of Je- I want you all to listen up. God shall enlarge Japheth. In the Hebrew, it's saying God shall persuade Japheth, mm. and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem. Mm. Right. So if Japheth went up into Europe, you know, and of course, uh, Shem is the Middle East and Ham is Africa. Uh, think about it, Japheth, the European Jewry or Ashkenazi or whatever, and you got the Sephardic going south. But the bottom line is that God shall persuade Japheth and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem. See, this is why us as Ephraim or people coming out of the nations, they want to be
0: with Shem. They want to be with Judah. Well, you got to think that... They want to th- connect with the Jewish people. The whole world was <laughs> repopulated by these three men. Ham in Africa, Japheth in uh, Europe, and, um, and then um, sorry Shem in the Middle East. So you have the entire world coming from the seed of these three men uh, after the flood, which, if you look at it, right, Ham goes to Africa and it says, Ham will be a servant unto his brothers. Right. I mean, we know that the history of Africa, that the, the Africans were, were taken as slaves over and over and over again. That's where the
1: hurricanes come from, the west coast of Africa. They right. make their way over this way to where the slave traders were.
0: Amen. And it's so like it, a vicious cycle. That's right. And so it's from this that we see. And you know, it, whether or not you you buy into everything or not, just listen to this. When God says something here in the Scriptures, and then you can see that exactly what God said was going to happen, happen. at what point do you stop questioning it and and accept it? You know?
1: No, that's a good point. And what I want to encourage all of you is that, you know, this country was founded on Judeo-Christian beliefs. And so uh, if you are a Christian and you're drawn to things that are Jewish, uh, this prophecy is for you. You know, if you want to go to Israel, if you want to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, you know, and people will accuse you. Oh, you're just trying to be Jewish, you know, and you say, oh, well, thank you. You know, how are you going to try to explain things to them, you know? And so uh, think about it. So it's an interesting prophecy for you to consider uh, that he would persuade Japheth. You know, uh, persuading somebody is like a conversation. It's a talk. You're trying to win somebody over. You're trying to coerce them into oh, yeah. something. And, and I know that uh, I believe in the reconciliation of the Jews and the Gentiles fully. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I'm persuaded to do it. I'm persuaded by God. Uh, it's not easy. Uh, a lot of times you're misunderstood. But but once again, I do believe in the reconciliation. And the name of the Jews Shem, the
0: from that name in Hebrew, comes the word what we have in English, Semite, right? So the Semitic peoples right. come from Shem.
1: That's true. I mean, so it's very interesting. So Noah was 950 years old when he died. And uh, just a little note: nobody in the Bible ever lived to be a thousand years old. Not even Methuselah. Nobody in the Bible ever lived to be a thousand years old. So here's the bonus package: uh, everything I need to know about life I learned from Noah's Ark. Here are, of course, I have 11 points here uh, that I'd like to share with you. Everything I need to know about life I learned from Noah's Ark. Number one, don't miss the boat. Don't miss the boat. Number two, remember that we are all in the same boat. Okay, don't rock the boat. Don't rock the boat. We're all in the same boat. Rock the boat, baby. Okay, number three, plan ahead. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. See? Oh, yeah. Number four, stay fit. When you're 600 years old, someone may ask you to do something really big.
0: Yeah, I would say uh, 600 years old is, is pretty old to be doing all that. I'm telling you, you know, um, what, Moses
1: was 80 when he had to go back down to Egypt. Uh, number five, don't listen to critics. Just get on with the job that needs to be done. Amen. That's Beit Tehillah. Don't listen to critics. Just get on with the job that That's needs right. to be done. Uh, number six, uh, build your future on high ground. Build your future on high ground. Uh, number seven, for safety's sake, travel in pairs. <laughs> for safety's sake, travel in pairs. Or in seven. A threefold cord is not easily broken. Remember Jesus sent them out two by two? Yep. Even he knew that. I love this. Number eight, speed isn't always an advantage. The snails were on board with the cheetahs. Mm. So I'm a fast walker, I'm a fast talker, but the snails were on board with the cheetahs. All right, here you go. Number nine, this is a good, good one for the times we live in today. When you're stressed, float a while. Quit treading water.
0: You know, it, it's,
1: like, it's like, you know, it's like the, the duck. You know, it's floating on top of the water. But underneath, his little legs are just kicking away. Oh, yeah. Just a kicking away, you know, and, that, and that's very interesting. Um, uh, number 10, remember, the ark was built by amateurs. The Titanic by professionals. Ooh. Oh let's read that one again, number ten. Remember the ark was built by amateurs, the Titanic by professionals. Last but not least, number eleven, no matter the storm, when you are with God, there's always a rainbow waiting. Oh isn't that the best? What about the New Testament in reference to uh Noah? Let's look at look at Let's look at Hebrews eleven seven. 7. Wait, they knew about Noah in the New Testament? Oh, listen. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Come on, people. Noah's faith is much stronger and bigger than mine. Mm-hmm. He was told to build a boat in the middle of nowhere. It hadn't rained. There was no water nearby. He was told to build a boat. And he did, First Peter three twenty, which sometime were disobedient. When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. More people could have gotten on that boat. Yeah, but they were disobedient, and God was long suffering. Look at Second Peter two five, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Notice Noah was preaching. Hey, what are you doing, Noah? What's going on? He was sharing the message. You know, Ryan, it's just like the Hebrews or the Christian faith. It's just like sharing the Torah or the Shabbat. Hey, Ryan, what you doing Friday night? Hey, what's going on? And you tell them, but yet they do not
0: participate. But do you ever feel like people mock you?
1: That comes with it too, and that's what
0: I mean. So that's Noah's part of it. Noah's getting mocked for being obedient to oh, God. Yeah?
1: You can mock me all
0: you want. I feel like we're getting mocked for being obedient to God, but you know what? That's right. We're going to continue to build the ark, baby. And let's look at Yeshua's
1: words in Matthew twenty-four verses thirty-seven through thirty-nine. Uh, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Boy, Boy those is, are, Isn't that our culture today? That's cryptic words too, man. You know, social media and just entrenched in everything, you
0: know, just like the days of Noah. What were they doing? I don't Eating think, and drinking and marrying? I don't think the point can be stressed enough that not only were people just going about their regular lives and their regular business, but they were also mocking the people that were, were telling them the truth. And so take heart that, you know, it's our job to do what God has called us to do. It's our job to continue fighting the good fight, to continue living it out, to be an example, and when the flood comes, or in this case, when, when, when Yeshua returns, you know, we will have done everything that He asked us to do if we continue uh, to walk in this direction. You know, it's amazing, you know, and
1: um, I just want to follow up with the fact of uh, Japheth means expansion. And that the prophecy was that God would persuade Japheth to go into Shem's tent. That's right. Okay. So I want you all to remember that as we look at that particular prophecy, Genesis nine twenty seven. Now, what I want to throw in right now, just right out of the gate, uh, we have the Torah portions. and We also have the half Torah portions. The half Torah is a reading from the prophets, and I believe, and for those of you listening to the podcast. You need to be reading the half Torah. Absolutely. This allows all of us to be on the same page in the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement. And of course, the Jewish people in every synagogue are reading the Torah portions and and they have the half Torah. So let me tell you what the half Torah is. It's in the the book of Isaiah, chapter 54 in verse 1 through chapter 55 in verse 5. I'm just going to point out a few verses right out of the gate in regards to a tent as well. So check this out, everyone. This is incredible. Isaiah 54, verse 1. Oh, and by the way, uh, in Isaiah chapters 1 through 39 is the picture of the Old Testament. Chapters 40 to 66 is the same amount of books that are found in the New Testament. So 66 chapters in Isaiah each represent the Old and New Testament. So now check this out. This is the half Torah that's going to be read this Friday night all over the world. Along with synagogue, Along with those that are reading the Haftorah. Here it goes. I'm going to put it out to you because there's no going back. Isaiah 54, one. I only need two people to be excited. woo Okay, I'm counting Ryan and myself. <laughs> Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud that thou dost not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord.
0: I'm already excited.
1: Ryan, there's two <laughs> different women here. <laughs> yes. It's Wait, not so one the... woman at different times. So
0: there's the barren... And then there's the
1: married with children, right? And, and, that's right. Okay. So there's and so think about it. For more are the children of the desolate. Remember, God divorced Israel. He divorced the northern kingdom. Then the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. And the married wife. So and the population would be... of the Jewish people is what? 15 million. And the married wife would be Judah? The married wife would be Judah. The Jewish people? That's it. Huh. And so think about it. Now, it's right here, everyone. This is what the phenomenon is in the world. And the enemy's trying to discredit it think about it all these people are coming out of the nations with torah on their minds and their hearts this phenomenon there's no hierarchy there's no pope there's no organization in that regard it's just really really happening so in verse 2 it says enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations spare not lengthen the, thy cords and strengthen thy stakes wow look at this tent thing did you just say enlarge enlarge expansion Verse 3, for thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Well, what are the desolate cities to be inhabited? Judea and Samaria. That's right. Judea and Samaria. It's the heart, the heartland of Israel. Verse 4, fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more. Remember, God was angry. Once we were not a people, Ryan, both Paul and Peter says, once you are not a people, but now you are the people of God. At one time, we didn't have mercy, but now we have mercy. We are Jezreel.
0: But how is it that they're a widow until their husband has died?
1: That's right. See? Come on.
0: I'm telling you right there.
1: For thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name. And thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called the Redeemer, the Ga'al, Yeshua. That's what I'm talking about. He is the next of kin. He is the avenger. For the Lord hath called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth when thou wast refused, saith thy God. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. Mm. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. So this is where it ties into Noah, verses 9 and 10 of chapter 54 of Isaiah. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. See, listen up, everybody. God's not mad at you. He's not angry with you. Verse 10, For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from from thee neither. Shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. Let me read that one more time. For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from thee. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness. Neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. I'm going to stop right there because it's it's self-explanatory. Well, there's
0: one last verse. So if you bump to the end of the chapter, verse 17 says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. You know, and so as
1: we tie in, we want to go ahead and finish up with uh, Genesis chapter 11, uh, because I think it's only fitting the times in which we live. Uh, you know, uh, of course, uh, at that time, man only spoke one language. Uh, okay. And uh, we, of course, have the land of Shinar. Uh, which is today the modern-day country of Iraq. And um, what do they do in the east? What do they build? They, they built a city and a tower to the east. Remember, <laughs> Adam and Eve were kicked out to the east. That's right. Uh, what is east of Jerusalem but Babylon, Babylon That's right, the land of the Chaldeans, uh, uh, Ur. A uh, city and a tower they built. And so why were they doing this major building pro- Why were they doing this major building project? They said, let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth, See? That's right. Like the new world order, the new world religion, you know, like bring everybody into one, you know, and uh, think about it.
0: Well, and this is, and it says, and they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And so they were trying to take matters into their own hands. Somebody
1: was saying there's a zodiac sign on the top of this thing, and it's like a portal. So very interesting. Oof. Some kind of a portal uh, in, in, in this particular area. And so, you know, um, God had to do something. So what did he do? He confounded their language. This is where you get babble. Babble. Babble, babble. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, why he had to do this, right? He had to do this because it says in Genesis 11, 6, he says, nothing will be strained from them, or nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. So think about it, Right. So man thinks so he is. And and so what are you thinking about? He's saying nothing will be restrained from them. Yeah. Like they're going to achieve something if I don't go down there and do something yeah, better you know nip what this mean? In the bud. Cuz
0: we're made in his image, right? <laughs> That's right. Amen. Uh,
1: which they have imagined to do. And, and here's and an so, interesting
0: so in the next verse when it says go to let us go down and there confound their let language. Let us the godhead. It says let
1: us. Let us the godhead. So what does babel mean in Genesis 11:9? What does babel mean?
0: Uh, therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Confusion. Yeah. Babel means
1: confusion. Literally.
0: Were they con- are you the community? city of
1: Jerusalem, the city of peace? Or are you in Babylon? That's a good question. Is your life full of chaos and confusion and just dysfunction? That's not the city I'm living in, folks. Yep. And so the end result was they were scattered abroad. Upon the face of the whole earth, they were scattered abroad. Yep. And and Jezreel means God will scatter, you know? And and so it's kind of interesting, you know, even with Yeshua, you know, he didn't develop some kind of a close-knit kibbutz there. I mean, the guy was everywhere. Right. He was talking with the tax collectors, the Romans... You know, the Gentiles, the religious leaders, you know, and so we're leading up to, of course, next week's Torah portion, which is really, really cool. Uh, we have a great patriarch mentioned in Genesis eleven twenty six, and who is that patriarch? Abraham. It's Abram. Well... His name
0: isn't changed yet. Okay, I get that. Right? So... What does Abram mean, Ryan? It uh, means, uh, great right, is it, great father? Exalted, Exalted father. Exalted father. So here's what's interesting... Uh, the next verses, so in chapter 11, verses 10 through 26, is the line from uh, Shem down to Abram. And you know what's cool is right in the middle here, you have this name Eber, or Eber, which is the first, it's the, the root word for Hebrew. Eber. Eber. Interesting. Yep. Interesting.
1: So we have, of course, Abram, exalted father. And so uh, who was barren in Genesis
0: 1130? I mean, who was barren? So this is Sarai, Abram's wife. That's right, Sarai. She was barren. Which is like, which is so funny because God plays, you know, in His <clears throat> word with these conundrums. Abram's name means exalted father, which would make you think that he is a father of many children and all this stuff. And God actually ends up promising him that he'll be the father of many nations, but his wife is barren.
1: So think about this geographically speaking. Um, Abram and Sarai lived in Ur of the Chaldees. That's right. And they travel up the Euphrates River. And they make it to Haran before they get to Canaan. And, uh, and, of course, we have a particular gentleman who passes away. And who was it that passed away? But Terah, the father of Abram. Terah, the father of Abram. Which so at this point... They're, they're up in... They're up in
0: uh, it says right here, they're actually in Haran, yeah, which, which is north Syria. Which you know at this point, right, that um, you know this is when Haran dies, Right. Uh, in the Ur of the Chaldees, and this is when they move to um, Haran, which they depart to a
1: city called Haran. Yeah. Haran is part of Syria, and they're right. going to go into the promised land. So uh, that pretty much does it. Uh, get excited. Next week is uh, Abram. Uh, we go from creation to the flood to Abram and it's just packed full of stuff. It's very relevant for today, everyone. So God bless you all.
0: Well, and there's no way, I mean, as you guys can imagine, for us to just go through every single detail. Uh, these these Torah portions, these, especially the first three Torah portions, they lay so much foundation for the rest of scripture that it's just impossible in, you know, 30 minutes or an hour to hit all of it. So I encourage you guys, read it for yourself, dig into the little nuggets. Uh, that are in there, because God is speaking through His Torah portions, and He's speaking through the half Torah, He's speaking through His 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 Son Yeshua in the New Testament. I mean, it's just, there's so much here, but my encouragement to everybody who's listening is to get it for yourself. Get in there and read the Torah portion. Don't just depend on us and our commentary, we're just men. Uh, get in there and read it for yourself. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you and receive from the Lord, and get something and apply it to your life. None of this means anything if you're not applying it to your life, and so... Um, you know, God bless you all. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, again, if you guys have questions or comments or anything, email me at Ryan at topraise.net. We want to hear from you. Uh, if you guys are, uh, outside of the Bait Tehillah community as well, we want to hear from you and just hear who you are, where you're from, what got you listening to us, all that kind of stuff. Um, because we're, we're interested in that information, uh, as well. And uh, if you guys want to reach out to us, uh, through other means, you can, uh, reach out to us through the website, through the contact us tab at topraise.net, or you can call the office at 813-654-2222. And then as always, you guys can live stream our services uh, every Saturday at 11 a.m. through topraise.net. Just click on the the live tab, or you can uh, watch live on Facebook, YouTube, (laughs) I think Periscope. uh, I mean, we're all over the place. Pastor Russell, our media uh, pastor is just awesome with that kind of stuff. So God bless you guys all and have a great week.